I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. I'm Trey Inks. A spike in new U.S. cases is forcing some states and cities to re-enter coronavirus lockdowns. There's probably some uh, very high likelihood that the virus spread at a much faster clip. And maybe part of the reason that we have the spike that we do is, you know, the protests, the fact that people in Memorial Weekend got out, not, not just protests, but also got out and maybe celebrated Memorial Weekend in ways that were not um, safe. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. New COVID-19 cases were trending downwards in America. Now, after many states eased restrictions, there has been a sharp spike in new positive results. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Starting first in California, that has seen more than 5,000 positive cases of COVID-19 each day. Governor Gavin Newsom said at a press conference on Monday that the state had seen 45% increases in total cases over the past seven days alone. Over the weekend, the governor ordered bars in seven counties, including L.A., to close over community spread concerns. Now to Florida, that is approaching 150,000 total positive cases. Over the weekend, Florida recorded a day with nearly 10,000 new cases, a record for the state. With 4th of July celebrations coming up this weekend, officials are concerned about further spread among a younger population. Miami and Fort Lauderdale are closing their beaches this weekend in preparation. Finally, in Texas, more than 150,000 total cases of COVID-19 have been confirmed. Reports say some testing facilities are overwhelmed with new patients, forcing the city of Austin to limit who can be tested. In Houston, after the Memorial Hermann Hospital made headlines for supposedly running out of ICU beds, the hospital's CEO says they were never close to running out of capacity. The misunderstanding had to do with the way new cases are being reported. So how is Texas faring amid what appears to be a very serious second wave in the state? From the beginning, enforcement has been a challenge. Uh, you know, initially there were some penalties that I thought were too extreme, and we, we got rid of any criminal type penalties where you go to jail. So now it's fine. This is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. So then it's just a matter of local authorities pursuing that if that's what they deem appropriate. Hopefully there won't be a lot of that because obviously we're dealing with behavior that normally would be fine and actually encouraged. So I'm hoping that voluntary efforts and encouragement are the way we go as opposed to punishing people um, who might have gotten it wrong Absolutely. It seems like a good approach because oftentimes, as we've seen in states across the U.S., people can be resistant if they're concerned about jail time or really massive fines as a result of these enforcement policies. But there has to be some sort of balance to ensure the public health. I wanted to ask you about some of the misreporting that took place over the past week in the city of Houston at Memorial Hermann Hospital. This story made headlines around the world about the hospital running out of ICU beds, but it turns out that it actually had to do with the reporting, and the hospital CEO came out and said actually that wasn't the case and that hospitals not only in Houston but around Texas are not overwhelmed. Is that what you're hearing, and do you fear that the medical system in Texas could be overwhelmed amid this second wave? Look, we've never been through this before, so I don't, I don't know that we can answer the question you know, in a way that would be completely accurate because we just don't know. But I'll say this. I do think that some of the hospitals may have stated it in a way that, that, that 
overstated the problem and and didn't recognize that they had other ways of providing beds. And I think those CEOs came out and corrected that after giving the impression that maybe we were at capacity. So I I don't think we're at capacity. um, And I certainly know that we're not at capacity in most, most counties in Texas. The vice president visited Texas, and I wanted to ask you about the coordination with the federal government. What are you getting from the federal government in terms of aid and other needs during the coronavirus outbreak? And do you believe the Trump administration is doing enough to help the state of Texas? No, they've been nothing but helped us. Uh, Pretty much whatever we've needed, they've been there to provide. And and certainly if there's anything else that we needed, um, we would get it. So, I mean, it's been uh, one of the more cooperative relationships between Texas and the Trump administration that I've seen um, in my entire public service. When it comes to your duties as attorney general, we've talked to a number of attorney generals across the country, and a lot of the focus has been on ensuring public safety when it comes to scams or other areas in which people, especially elderly people, could be targeted amid this outbreak. What are the biggest problems that you've seen in Texas, and how have you tried to address them during the spread of COVID-19? Well, there's no doubt that whenever we have a crisis or some type of, whether it's weather-related or or something like this, that certain unscrupulous people take advantage of people, both the elderly and others. And clearly, in this case, we've I think we've had over 10,000 complaints of consumer fraud. We're investigating those. Obviously, we have it takes time to do that. But I can tell you this: um, we will ultimately pursue all of those those possible claims. And we've already filed several lawsuits as it relates to like masks, overcharging for masks was a big deal at the beginning. Uh, that isn't as much the case now because there seems to be a better supply. But some of the, you know, the, the PPE, some of the equipment, um, we were getting exorbitant pricing on. So we were, we've, we've definitely addressed that. And it seems like it's becoming less of a problem. Texas is such a large state. And I found it interesting amid this entire pandemic, the approach of the Trump administration to really allow the states to decide what was best for their populations. But with Texas, you even take that a step further, allowing local municipalities to decide what is best. Talk to me about how that decision was made and what the benefits are of allowing different regions and different mayors and the like to decide their own COVID-19 policies. So it's kind of been a back and forth. You know, we had initially, I think the governor let them have a lot of flexibility. And then there was some, a little bit of abuse uh, taken by some of the county judges and, and potentially some of the mayors. And so he pulled some of that back. But, you know, normally every we, we, we all recognize that every county has different problems and different incidences and different occurrences and different ways to address. And so I think what, what the governor's tried to do is, is give flexibility and a lot of decision-making at the local level so that these types of issues can be uh, best addressed with people who know what's going on on the ground. You've been listening to Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. We'll be right back. I also wanted to ask you about preparations ahead of hurricane season in Texas. We saw a few years ago with Hurricane Harvey, these hurricanes can really destroy infrastructure and be very deadly. How is Texas planning to manage hurricane season along with this global pandemic? 
so, you know, it's interesting. We, we've had a lot more experience with uh, hurricanes when we have pandemics. And so I think we've been better prepared for hurricanes and I think we've addressed them um, more efficiently and in a, in a wiser way just because we had more experience. We learned from, you know, past mistakes of other people and, and we've just gotten better at dealing with it. I think the same thing is going to be true of this. I think this pandemic is, has sort of opened people's eyes that there's a lot more that needs to be done to be, be prepared for all kinds of um, crises, whether they're, you know, illness or whether they're they're natural disasters. And so I think the state's getting better and better prepared, wiser and wiser about how to deal with it. Obviously, there's always new things that can come up that, that surprise us. But I do think we're going to be better prepared for everything as a result of this pandemic. Emergency preparedness is something that states are constantly revamping and ensuring that their policies and ideas are up to speed. But like you said, there's times where you just can't prepare or events happen that states don't expect. And I also wanted to talk about the protests that took place across the country in the wake of the death of George Floyd. We saw protests on the ground in Texas, like every state across America. How did you and the governor make a decision about allowing people to exercise their First Amendment rights, but also ensure that they weren't risking public health or public safety while doing so? Well, here's what I'd say. I mean, it, it was clear that, you know, people were protesting, not necessarily taking advantage of the social distancing rules that the CDC recommended, and, and many of them weren't wearing masks. Um, the mayor of Austin was in the middle of all that, um, and then certainly he had some complaints about what the governor did. Meanwhile, everything that he complained about, he was a part of in, in some of those protests. And, look, I don't fault people. I think the, the, the desire to protest something as horrific as what happened in that case is legitimate. It was just how it was done with, you know, damaging property and potentially harming other people. That's not the way you're supposed to protest in this country. And certainly, you know, there's probably some uh, very high likelihood that the virus spread at a much faster clip. And maybe part of the reason that we have the spike that we do is, you know, the protests, the fact that people in Memorial Weekend got out, not, not just protest, but also got out and maybe celebrated Memorial Weekend in ways that were not um, safe. And then finally, heading into 4th of July weekend, what is your message for Texans who want to go out and celebrate American independence, but also your message for Texans who are afraid because they are seeing these numbers spike and they are seeing people heading to the hospital as a result of coronavirus? Look, I'm, I'm really somebody that believes in individual responsibility. I don't think the government or businesses can, in the end, be responsible for heading this off. We don't we don't have a cure. We don't have a, a vaccine. We're probably not going to have one for a long time. And so, you know, individually, people are going to make their own decisions about whether they're going back to work and whether they're what type of activities they're going to participate in. Everybody's going to have their own individual health issues that they need to consider. Certainly people that are older or have underlying health issues, I mean, they should you know, probably consider staying, you know, more isolated. And, and people that are younger and healthier, at, at some point, you know, people are going to have to live their lives and make a living. So there's a balance here. And it's unfortunate that we have to struggle between people making a living and living life and then also dealing with the health crisis. But that's where we're at. Without a, without a vaccine or a cure, you know, we're going to have to all make those decisions. And it's, it's not going to be up to government to decide everything that happens. 
Certainly, it's a very difficult situation for local, state, and federal officials to be in, trying to find that balance. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Mr. Paxton, thank you again for your time. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.